Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And welcome back, everyone. This is, of course, Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are really looking forward to today's radio show because, as we like to do from time to time, we have a fantastic uh, Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching coaching student to interview. So we actually have a live guest. And actually, you know what? Let's just skip the preamble without any further delay. JJ, welcome to the call. Thank you, Tim. I'm so excited to be on the call with you. I'm really honored. I really am. Well, thank you. I, you know, Julie and I have been talking back and forth, JJ, about this interview probably for two weeks, and Julie's been excited. Julie's uh, JJ's personal coach about the interview because you have so much to offer. I mean, you're so innovative in, in your marketplace. Uh, I'll share with the, the listeners. And matter of fact, JJ, I know you've sent this audio clip to Julie, but I'll put it on your interview page on the blog too. She has got the best real estate jingle I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually it's not cheesy at all. It's actually really really cute, uh, and we're gonna uh, put post that on the blog so you guys can listen to it. Um, but we'll talk about marketing and whatnot that JJ does to uh, become so successful, what she's done to become so successful here in a second. But before we do, JJ, tell them where you sell real estate. Give them a little bio background information on yourself. Well, I practice real estate in the Nashville area, all of Middle Tennessee. Uh, there's probably about nine or ten counties that I go to. If it's within an hour, hour and ten minutes, I go there. I don't put any boundaries on myself because I was a flight attendant for 34 years, so I go everywhere. I was licensed in 1990, and I started selling in 1994, so really about 19 years, I guess. Okay, perfect. And you said you were a flight attendant uh, beforehand. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting that you said that. A lot of the best realtors in the nation are people that came from some other service industry. Does that surprise you? Not at all. I know school teachers are – I've recruited many school teachers to work with me, and they are fabulous. Mm-hmm. People that are attentive to detail and have an honest, caring heart when it comes to taking other, care of other people's needs definitely generally make the best realtors we've definitely definitely seen. So you've sold real estate for almost 20 years, and uh, so and you sell real estate in what area of the country? And by the way, I'm sure there's going to be lots of folks that are listening now that are going to want to send you referrals, so make sure let's include all your contact information right now. Okay. Well, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, and the surrounding counties. So it's called Middle Tennessee. Tennessee's divided into three sections, and I'm in the Middle Tennessee area. Um, my phone number, the best way to reach me, is 615-300-7788, and my email address is jj at jjlove.com. All right, perfect. And how would you prefer people to communicate with you, email or uh, calling, or does it matter? It doesn't matter. I I monitor both all day long. Okay, perfect. Moving forward here, um, tell us a little bit about your market. Tell, give them a, a snapshot of the type of market you've been selling in. And obviously, over the past ten years or so, there's lots of the country that's been going through a transition in terms of uh, price points and whatnot. So, we have uh, students all over the country. Um, a lot of folks and uh, that have been dealing with markets that were really hard hit, but are now making a strong recovery. Give us a quick snapshot so they can kind of understand where you're coming from. Well, we were really lucky here in the Middle Tennessee area because we didn't really 
spike in our pricing. We did have increases, don't get me wrong, but we didn't plummet then, you know, in the adjustment because we hadn't spiked. So we were not as hit as hard as, as some of the other areas. So we've been really fortunate. And, you know, here in Tennessee we do not have an income tax, a state income tax. So we have lots of people coming into the Middle Tennessee area for that reason and because it is so beautiful here. And we get the Four Seasons and, of course, country music. You know, everybody loves it. So um, so Nashville is a melting pot of all people. I mean, we have many, many people from the Middle East. We have Europeans. We have Hispanics, Latin, um, we just have everybody in our market. So we welcome everybody. We love it here. Perfect. So let's drill down on some of the numbers. Um, what are your goals in terms of homes sold uh, for this year? For this year, my goal, now let me just also say that I'm a small team, okay? For for um, many years it was just me and one assistant, and I averaged 100 homes a year, okay? And, and that's a lot of work. Um, because I wrote and negotiated and closed every transaction myself with one assistant as a help. This year, uh, because when the market adjusted, I did take a little dip, so I've been working toward rebuilding, and this year my goal is to close 125 homes to help okay, 125 perfect. people. And your market, I assume, like most of the country right now, is probably making a uh, a recovery, you know, maybe a moderate recovery. But the, I would assume that for the most part, the mindset of people about real estate has changed pretty dramatically over the past few years, back to the positive. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're seeing – I mean, we are very busy. In fact, in the middle of last year, I did add a buyer's agent. So um, now I've got that to assist me with my buyers because – because of the Harris Real Estate University and their coaching, I'm really focused on short sales, so that takes a lot of time. So I saw the need for a buyer's agent to help me reach that 125. How long have you been an HREU student? Well, I'm going into my sixth year. <laughs> Perfect. I know, and, and I'm now a graduate student. So. Which means you coach personally. Uh, you're on uh, weekly with Julie, correct? Yes, I am. So and I'm curious. It's phenomenal. Go ahead, I'm sorry. It is phenomenal. Well, I was about to ask you. Right. So what does that weekly call meant to you, at having Julie as your personal coach? Well, it has, I mean, you can imagine um, not having a large staff or a lot of people on my team that I am pulled in many directions, okay? <laughs> I mean, I'm really flying by the seat of my pants sometimes just from one thing to another. Julie has helped me focus and get and stay really on track with what's what the important issues are and also she is right now we're going over all the spokes that uh, lead generation spokes for me for this year and it's amazing at what she comes up with things i had never thought of and i thought i you know i thought that was one of my specialties but julie's got it together on that well, you mentioned spokes, and that's something that people outside of Harris Real Estate University won't be familiar with. For the sake of our listeners, can you tell them what a spoke is? Well, a spoke is one avenue to get leads or make money or whatever you want, whatever your goal is for that. Uh, we have several spokes now for my lead generation, and that just opens up new opportunities for me. 
Right, just carry the analogy through, uh, listeners. The idea is that the more spokes you have, uh, thinking of your business as a wheel, the more spokes you have, the stronger your wheel will be, right? So exactly. a, lot of realtors tra- the, a lot of realtors traditionally have been trained only to focus on, say, for example, your centers of influence or past clients. Well, you know, everyone has lived through now, hopefully, the worst real estate market in our <laughs> lifetimes, and we know that if you were relying on your center of influence and past clients, during that shift, well, you probably were suffering needlessly had you had uh, more and stronger spokes. So mm-hmm. I'm going to jump around a little bit, JJ. I think you can okay. handle it. You met, you brought up spokes. What are your strongest spokes right now? What are your strongest lead generation tools right now? Well, I have always had a good relationship with my sphere of influence um, because that is when we get to one of those questions uh, maybe about um, – do you need time off or anything like that? The answer is no for me. So I'm constantly on the phone calling past clients, staying in touch, you know, asking for referrals. And uh, so I do have a large referral base. So I stay with them, and they're still a good spoke for me. I also have a uh, lead-generating website that I have that is awesome, I advertise on the – here we have the Home Center Network, which advertises real estate. And so I do Realtor Reality starring JJ and Jazzy. Jazzy's my little Shih Tzu puppy. And uh, so people love that, so I get lots of leads from that. Um, There's the 800 number, the Harris Real Estate 800 number that I use. It's phenomenal. Um, there's so many things. Um, oh, I do mail out still for, a, and I focus. My mail outs are now focused on short sales. So I pick a neighborhood that I know in '05 or '06 or whatever back then uh, really had um, those kind of loans that needed some help. Now, so I, I focus on those. I do door knocking. I do. You, I do it all, Tim. I really do. Well, you know, the interesting thing is from what I'm hearing you say, it's mm-hmm. every single day you have uh, agents will say, well, my problem is I don't have enough leads. And uh, you are a living testament to the fact that there is no such thing as not enough leads. Leads are all around us. It's easy as anything to get a buyer or seller lead. It's just not a challenge. It's the follow-through, the uh, the being, and you you mentioned that you you are proactively going after the business every single day, and yet you have some passive things like your website. So again, guys, listeners, those of you who are you know have mature real estate businesses or are wanting to take your businesses to the next level, it's about having. Uh, the right number of spokes to accomplish your goal. Now, maybe you don't want to sell 125 houses. Maybe you want to sell 25 houses. That's fine. You'll need fewer spokes. you just got to make sure that you're exercising those spokes on a regular basis. Now, you mentioned, and I, I love the fact that you said this, um, you mentioned that you set aside time every day to do proactive prospecting, or you know, people don't like the word prospecting, so we'll just call it lead generation, but calling your centers of influence and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So what is your vision of the perfect day? Well, the perfect day for me, let me think, is um, I get up in the morning and, of course, my phone starts ringing. So I like to handle those calls here at my home office and kind of get some of those calls out of the way. My assistant's at the office taking care of things there. So I'm working on that. Then I leave my house about 10 o'clock, get to the office about 10.30. On that call, I, I mean, on that drive, I call my buyer's agent kind of coordinate with her for the next few days what's going on, see if she needs anything. 
then I get to the office, and it's always nice if there's a couple of offers waiting there for me or, um, <laughs> you know, that, that's always very nice. So, um, Or maybe a couple of approvals on short sales from the bank. So I work on that. I work on the what I've got going then for a couple of hours, maybe three. Then from about 3 o'clock on, I am prospecting and um and taking and meeting clients, calling clients. My expedition has four hundred and thirty thousand miles on it, Tim. Okay. Oh so. my gosh! <laughs> Her Ford truck. If for those of you who don't know what she's talking about, oh my! They God. call me the road warrior. Okay. <laughs> and um, so, but obviously, I spend a lot of time in my car. So I have a list of past clients, and I just pick that list up and see who I talked to last and call somebody and talk to them. And if I'm in a neighborhood where I had sold a home to somebody, I look them up, their number, and I, I say, hey, I was just driving by and I thought about you and I just wanted to make sure that you all were still okay and, you know, not needing any help or, you know, anything like that. And so they just like, or, you know, house the kids or whatever. So it's just kind of an impromptu call to these people so that we just connect. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as far as making these proactive reach-outs to folks, a lot of agents are very reluctant to do that. They're very nervous about doing anything that will require them to be directly in front of, uh, you know, a buyer or a seller. They're okay if the lead is given to them or if it shows up on their website or if it's a referral, even if it's got some onerous referral fee. But so many agents, JJ, they're paralyzed with fear about the idea of actually doing some of the things that have come that are so obviously natural and organic for you. How did you or did you ever have that type of, of re- reluctance to proactively go after the business? And if you did, how did you overcome it? Well, I will say that, you know, in the beginning, it was a little bit strange. I mean, being a flight attendant, your customers came to you right there. But yeah. um, And and I did have to work on it and, and develop it. Um, I talk about, you know, I've mentored many agents over the years, and so I talk about the three C's, okay, and that's courage, commitment, and coaching, okay, so you got to have the courage to get out there and go for it. You've got to make that phone call. You have to knock on that door because the mindset that you need is I'm not asking for their business. I'm offering help to them. So you have to realize that it's not really anything bad. Knock on the door and, and offer them help. Ask them, you know, if it's a neighborhood that needs a short sale, maybe just ask them. Uh, how they are, you wanted to let them know you were a short sales specialist in the area, and if, if they or anyone they knew um, might need some help, I give them my card and let them, you know, ask them to call me. And I do get lots of calls from that. Sometimes people just need permission to call you, you know. You so, just said something really important, JJ. I want to mm-hmm. just play this tape back because it's so important. Your mindset, that's the answer, that's the essence of what is allowing you so effortlessly at this point to proactively go after the business. Your mindset is, I am here to help you. Mm-hmm. What can I do to help you? And that's so critical from a coach's perspective, guys. If you're having call reluctance or door knocking reluctance or any kind of prospecting reluctance, 
shift your mindset from thinking about yourself and what you're going to say and put it in a place where I'm here to help you. You can even say that to folks, like JJ obviously does. What can I do to help you? How can I be of service to you? Have that be your dominant thought, not about what is it they going to, what am I going to say if they say this, or what's going to happen if this happens, or da 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 da. Don't run all those worst case scenarios through your mind. Just put yourself in a place where you know you're here to help people. It, 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 am I hitting on all cylinders here, JJ? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And did you? So when you had that mindset, when you adopted that mindset, how quickly were you able to then to set aside the ego-based fear about prospecting? Well, for me, it was really easy I, because I have always been a person that had the help you mindset, okay? That's why I was a great flight attendant. I loved my job and helped a lot of people. I brought all those skills over. So I had it in me to feel that way. But I did have to get over the initial little bit of fear about approaching people. But once I really got that mindset and I realized hey, I'm I'm offering them something, I want to help them, then it really wasn't hard at all. And and the mindset is what changed it. Just making up my mind that, hey, I am I am calling this person because they need me. They need my help. They might make a call to some office and get somebody that's not as trained as I am, as coached as I am, and maybe that person won't help them in the right way. So, I, you know, they need me. So I, that's how I look at it. And, guys, that's not J.J. just pumping herself up. She's stating a fact. You know, she's not just basically saying those, those aren't just uh, affirmations that she's giving herself. The reality of it is is the probability of those potential sellers of hers coming across another agent with her experience is very, very low. So even if you're a brand-new agent, guys, if you're, you know, once you're willing to be coached and once you're willing to learn how to actually help people in this marketplace, because here's JJ in a market that didn't even take a huge nosedive in terms of values, and she's still doing tons of short sales, and she knows that she, if she, she knows that she's the best person to actually help these folks and solve a problem. What can I do to help you? If you just, that seems like such a simple message. Um, you know, I know there's people listening you know, half-heartedly right now, and they're hearing, okay, let's go on to the next point, next topic. I'll let me hear about you know, whatever. But I want all of you to drill down mentally and emotionally about that really powerful point that J.J. made. Start with a mindset of service because everything after that is easy. You know, all the That's fears right. that you had, it's, it's, easy. It's, it's almost magical. Isn't it just that one thought? It is. Um, so, you know, you and I have a list of questions, and we're bouncing around a lot, as we always do on these types of interviews. And, and I, I, this next question might seem a little out of turn, but I think it will lead uh, well to the other ones. What is your definition of success? Do you see yourself as a successful person? I, well, I do. I see myself as successful because in my, in my mind, being able to do something that you love and at the same time help people build great relationships and make a living – and a good living um, while while doing all I can do to change our market here in Middle Tennessee, um, then, you know, I come home and I know I've done what I could, everything I could do that day to, to make something happen, then I feel successful. I do. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. We, the, again, it goes back to that mindset of service. So I'm curious, uh, do you consider yourself a highly motivated person? Is that something that you 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 consider when you look in the mirror in the morning? Are you do you have that sense of yourself, Tim? I think that's putting it mildly. 
<laughs> I am um I I I consider myself very motivated. I um I mean, I hit the floor running. You know, I I really want to get up and get that of course I I just get bombarded with phone calls first thing in the morning and and this is something else I'd like to say to the listeners. You know, answer your phone. Okay? <laughs> That sounds silly, doesn't it, Tim? <laughs> well, but, how about the next one? Call people back. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But do you know how many times I'll answer my phone and somebody will say, somebody I don't know, they'll say, oh, it, that's really you, JJ? I mean, it's like crazy. People do not answer their phone. And if you, you know, you don't answer your phone, that person may pick up the phone and call me or call someone else. So answer your phone, even if you can't talk to them right then. Answer the phone. Make the connection. You know, let them know you want to help them and that you'll get right back to them if you can't talk to them at that point. But, yes, back to your question, I'm very highly motivated. I always set goals, and I do everything I can to achieve them. I do. Back to uh, JJ's point with regards to the answering of the phone. She uses 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE.COM. Everyone on this call should check that out. Um, I'm not going to talk about that now, but definitely it's something that will help you uh, be in communication. And, you know, the communication thing, the returning phone calls, uh, new agents out there, those of you who are, and there's you know, hundreds of thousands of agents, people that are just getting their real estate licenses. JJ is making so many brilliant points, but in terms of a very basic point, Number one complaint that folks have after a closing, and this has been this number one complaint that people have always had about realtors after a closing, is lack of communication. They just don't return phone calls, don't return emails. Uh, if you just make your number one mission in life to uh, be like JJ when it comes to following up with folks, you will be successful just because nobody else does. It's it's almost it, it's crazy that people aren't more adamant about that very very basic point, but they just aren't. <laughs> Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so JJ, what do you do when you don't feel motivated? When you're not necessarily in, in your peak performance state, how do you how do you motivate yourself? Well, I mean, I really don't have a problem with not being motivated, but I will say that every now and then I do get off track. You know, I mean, you just get sidetracked on something, um, and and you have to refocus. And when that happens, I just go back to the core essentials of real estate. I go to the to the Harris Real Estate University Library. I listen to some of the classes that are appropriate for me at the time. And and then of course I have Julie. So um I mean she you know, one call with her and I'm back on course for sure. And if I ever do have the slightest feeling of not being motivated, my call with Julie pumps me up like unbelievably. The office well, they they always talk about know that, when though. I've been on they always know when I've been on the phone with Julie. <laughs> <laughs> well talk about that. What specifically uh about the coaching call you have with Julie helps you to be motivated? How does that what what are the pieces that are put together on those calls that help you to be motivated? Well for those I mean, of, there's a lot of agents out there who've never been coached before and don't right. really know where you're coming from on that. So maybe we should kinda of drill down on that a little bit. Okay, and I've uh Tim, I've been coached. I mean, this is another <laughs> thing that agents should think about is be open-minded be open to coaching because somebody has been there before you somebody has already that's already happened to them they've already solved that issue they've already 
you know, set the systems in place. So be open to coaching. Some people resent when somebody tries to offer them advice, but think of it as coaching. So, um, so I've had that coaching ever since two or three years into my career, but I hadn't had one-on-one coaching. And so when, when I started the one-on-one coaching with Julie, I thought, why hadn't I done this before? Because we focus on, I mean, she'll ask, okay, what are your issues right now? What are you having trouble with? What do we need to talk about? And um, so if I'm having uh, an issue, if I say, well, I just can't get focused, I'm I'm like, you know, by the seat of my pants, here, there, and everywhere. And she'll say, okay, well, then let's just, let's just think about what is it that you need to do today to get focused. She just reels me in, and then, of course, with her positive, upbeat attitude all the time, I mean, she... She just helps me bring back that positive attitude if I get off track from that, which isn't well, a lot, but she's great at that. Well, so that's the interesting thing. I mean, you're in Middle Tennessee. Julie and I sold real estate. When we sold real estate, we were in Columbus, Ohio. And, you know, it really is very easy to fall into a rut. And mm-hmm. so it's not necessarily a rut's not necessarily a bad thing, but sometimes you just get stuck because you start performing, acting, and thinking like people around you in your immediate environment. And if you can go and put yourself in a place where you're around people that are doing things that are different, maybe you mentioned listening to different things, reading different things, um, exposing your mind to different things that are challenging to you, that maybe challenge your paradigms, that excites you, that keeps you motivated. Your mind, your soul, your spirit, every cell in your body wants to move forward. And if all of a sudden you find yourself being complacent, this is for those of you out there who don't have the habit of being highly motivated at all times, because really at the end of the day it is a habit, um, that's probably just because you're stuck somehow, and that's what good uh, a good coach should be doing, helping you do is essentially rocking your world a little bit so you start moving forward again. Yeah, are you complacent in any aspect of your life right now that you want to, now that we're in the real estate coaching confessional? <laughs> <laughs> complacent? Um, gosh, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I am, honestly, Tim. I mean, I always want to achieve, and and this is another thing I can I can offer: be willing to change. Okay, people get into a mindset, they get into a rut, they get into that, just like you said, and then somebody tries to offer them something to help them change something, maybe to to uh, succeed a little sooner or something, and and they, I mean. They're afraid of change, and my my feeling is, if you're not changing, you're not growing. So I love change. I mean, I love to change. I and and I'm willing. I try everything. I make a quick decision. I don't. I mean, you know, all these offers you get and all that. I I try something. If I learn one thing, that's great. I listen to all the free webinars and think, well, maybe I can learn one thing. But I pretty much over the years realize that coaching is where you need to be and that will that will help you stay motivated, stay positive and not become complacent in anything. I honestly don't think I am. Well, let's be careful with that though. And I appreciate what you just said. Um but coaching has become a bit of a generic term like Kleenex, right? Mm-hmm, I mean there's mm-hmm. coaching and then there's different then there's coaching. So you've oh, been coached true. before You've mm-hmm. been coached before, and we don't need to mention any names, right? Uh-huh. But you've been coached before. What's the difference between the experience you're having with Julie and, say, that maybe some of the experiences you've had in the past? What, what, so what should someone look for when they're hiring a coach, JJ? 
Okay. Well, I can really highly recommend get a one-on-one coach if if possible. If not, I mean, I I live, breathe, and eat the Harris Real Estate University. Okay. So I think if you can, if you can't uh, one-on-one coach right now, at least become a member of the Harris Real Estate University in some of their classes and get their coaches coaching that way, and then become a graduate student. But before, when I did coaching. There was a lot of stuff that was general and generic, and um, I'm not going to say that it didn't help me. It did, but it wasn't really specific. It wasn't really focused on me and what what my needs are and how my business is run. So uh, a lot of times they get into things that I'm really not interested in. Um, I mean, I went to one coach for a couple of years and went to meetings and things, and he got on this weight loss thing. Well, you know, that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to learn about how to succeed in real estate. So, you know, with with one-on-one, it's about you. It, it, I mean, when I talk to Julie, she is totally focused on me and helping my career. Sky's the limit. I mean, she wants me to succeed more than I do probably. But... Um, she really focuses on me, my needs, and what it takes to help me. Because you know that saying about the you can't see the forest for the trees? Sometimes if you're in the middle of things, you don't really focus on maybe what move you need to take next. But Julie always sees it. So one-on-one well, you, well, you said a lot of good stuff there. Just pulling out some points that I think that will help a lot of people, the most people listening to this call, because that's my mission as well is that guys really at the end of the day, um, what a good one-on-one coach is going to do uh, is really, as she said, help you drill down on the opportunities that you have in front of you to help people and make money. I mean, that's the essence of it. And there's a lot of, uh, I think, confusion out there about what your business coach should be doing on your coaching calls. Sure, the conversation might occasionally wander off making money in your real estate practice, but at the end of the day, your job and the job of your Harris Real Estate University coach is to help you make money. That's it. You're here to make money. That's exactly right. Yeah, and And people get confused about that and confused on all sorts of different levels. But please, guys, don't be confused because you have to make money. And you know what? If you have to make money, if you're going to be devoting the largest portion of your time to your real estate career, here's an idea. Make a ton of it. That's right. (laughs) And you know, at, at the end of the year, we went over you know, um, your treasure map where you, you know, evaluate what you've done and figure out what you need to do to get to your next goal. And so Julie and I went over that. That was priceless. Nobody had ever really helped me see that. I mean, I I always did it. I always knew my numbers. But going over that with Julie, she really focused. And that's how we came up with this, you know, deciding to work on the spokes of lead generation, um, one of one of my goals is to have. I mean, um, I carried about 40 listings um, last year, and uh, my goal is to get to 50 average. I mean, consistently carry 50 listings, and then eventually I want to get to 100 listings. I might have to add an, another person to my team when I do that. But <laughs> Just maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but um, but so I mean, to get that, I mean, to lay out that map of how I'm going to get there is what Julie's helped me with. I mean, me, I just think, go, 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 you know, but Julie is helping me 
focus my energy in the areas that's going to produce those results that I need to get where I want to go. Well, because at the end of the day, in our real estate businesses, there's only, honestly, a handful, four or five things that will lead to a paycheck. And there's so many other things that are going to lead to you having days, if not weeks and months and years, of wasted energy, and you're going to sit back and you're going to go, what the heck happened to all that time? Why don't I have anything to show for it? Guys, I'm going to drill down on this again because for some reason people are confused about this, and please don't be confused. You are business owners. Your job is to make a profit. If you're not making a profit, that's what you're putting in your pocket. You know, you could argue before taxes or after taxes, but if you're not actually building wealth, if you're not actually saving money, if you're not actually buying rental properties, if you're not actually building a financial bridge to whatever might be next in your life, then what the heck are you doing? I mean, the job of as, a, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, is to make money. That's it. And you will only make lots of money if your mindset is, how can I be of service to other people? Those two things go hand in hand. If you're finding yourself struggling and not making the money you want to make, go back to JJ's earlier point about what your dominant thought is. It has to be, what can I do to help other people? And then the money almost magically flows. And I'm not getting you know, weird on you guys, but it's just a simple fact. If your dominant thought is, how can I be of service to other people, the money just comes almost naturally. It feels amazing. So it we've been talking about it is. We've been talking myth, true or false. What I'm about to ask you is there any is there such thing as life balance? Okay, you're you're probably not going to want to hear what I have to say about that. But for me, I think it is a myth because um, as far as the way people try to teach you, you got to have you know all this time and all that stuff for your for people that your family and your kids. And yes, you do. But if, you know, making money and providing a good living is also important for your family and your kids and everybody. For me, now, I do think it could be different for everyone, Tim, but for me, balance is achieving, is getting out there every day and doing what I need to do to make something happen. And my social life is my client. Okay, I'll have lunch with a past client. I have dinner with some clients. I'm, you know, whatever. It that's part of my daily routine that people would call balance. Take some time off. Well, I cheat. I take time off, but it's with a client. So, um, I I just love working and I want to achieve and I I don't need that balance that they talk about. It doesn't. It is a myth. It, it, there's no such thing as anyone who's ever been successful at anything in the history of everything, who's had this mythical balance. And here's here's the thing that we've seen: um, a lot of agents will try to you know accomplish this mythical balance thing, and in doing so, they'll totally screw their businesses up or their personal lives. In other words, trying to achieve the balance is what causes the lack of balance um, exactly. at every point. Yeah, I mean, you, but I'm sure in your life, at different stages, you've been more focused on one thing or the other, and that's really that's really the the answer, guys. If those of you who are seeking balance, you know, JJ said it. Start focusing on your business because money does make things easier. Don't again. I'm going to say this again because there's a lot of confusion about this. Don't be confused about this. Having money is better than not having money. Start with the balance of your checkbook and then work backwards. I, I, I can yes. sense you have a thought. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of a funny thought, isn't it? It is. All right. 
so I, I'm, I'm curious. So if you could have lunch with one person who's with us or not, who would it be and why? Well, there's probably 50 people that I would like to have lunch with for various reasons. But um, somebody I'm really fascinated with right now is uh, Warren Buffett, okay? I always like what he has to say. So I think I'd love to just have him take me to dinner and me be able to pick his brain. And what I'd like to know is I'm sure at some point in his life, there was one thing that happened that made him take that route that he took that got him so successful. I'd like to know what that is. And and I'd just like for him to share some of his um, wisdom, experience, maybe some suggestions, what to do in this market at this time with this economy. Um, just get some ideas and advice from him. Do you think he would tell you to do anything differently than what you're doing now? Mm. Well, maybe not. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else I could do, but um, I think he could probably give me some ideas. Um, okay, first of all, you know, there are people who are business-minded, and then there are people who just have their business. Now, I'm not exactly business-minded. I mean, I don't do spreadsheets and all that stuff, you know, and all that um, I think he could guide me to help me be a little more organized in that area, definitely. That would probably be something that he could help me with, I think, that I could change. Okay, that's a good answer. Or he'd probably tell you to hire a bookkeeper who knew how to do QuickBooks. <laughs> oh, that's come what in I once did. A month. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and, and then delegate that. So I'm guessing that's what Mr. Buffett would suggest. But yeah, You're probably really good. right. I mean, right. I've always thought I need to do what I do really well and let somebody else do what they do and just pay Well, JJ, for it. it's obviously worked, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, it has. So far, so good. So let's let's drill down on some of the more the the, the business things as we kind of uh, draw a full circle here on our call today. Um, what are your best lead generation spokes right now? We talked about uh, everyone's always interested in that. That's kind of what you know when when people listen to these interviews. That's really what they drill down on mostly is what is this agent doing to uh, consistently be consistently successful? Or you know what is it the if there's only one lead generation spoke that you could have, I mean one thing you could do to generate leads. What would it be and why? Well, okay. Now, that goes back to what you said. You said some of the sphere of influence has has fallen apart because of what has happened over several years back in our market. But I still think that you're – well, because like a new agent, for instance, they don't have a lot of money to spend. So I feel like that, that sphere of influence, past clients and people you know, is where you can go to get that referral – but you got to really work for it. I mean, people. I mean, you can't just say, "Hey, you got it." You know, anybody's going to sell a house? I mean, you've got to build relationships with these people. I mean, you can't just expect them to give and not have a relationship with you. They may know three or four other realtors. So you've got to really work at it. I um, when I close a home, I call that house after three days. I call that person three days three weeks, and three months. And sometimes after three days, I call and they'll say, oh, I'm glad you called. Uh, my commode has stopped up <laughs> or something, you know. So I send over a plumber. Yeah, it might cost me 25 bucks, 
But, you know, will that person ever forget that? No. I always try to make a difference in their life some way. I mean, I truly want to. I don't do it for ulterior motives. I really want to help people, so that's my mindset. And by helping people, they're going to remember you. My client, I have a client that I sold a house to 15 years ago who called me the other day and said, JJ, my heat and air unit went out. Who, who do I need to call? Because she knows that I have people that will take care of her and not take advantage of her. So, I mean, these things I offer to my sphere of influence, and in return, I'm their center of information. So building that kind of relationship, I think, is truly the very best you can do, and it's free. Yeah, absolutely. So what would be a reason, uh, like you're saying you call three days, three weeks, three months, and you carry it through. Mm-hmm. When What are the types of conversations you have as you say the house closes in, you know, this month, a year from now? Where are you, why are you calling those people? What I'm like sure the a, listeners want to know what specifically are you saying, right? Okay, a year, like after a year? I mean, the three right. weeks I call and see how everything's going, did you get moved in, blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, but a year from then, I just call and I'll just say something like, hey, you were just on my mind. I was thinking about, you know, and then I kind of try to think of something that happened at closing or while we were looking at homes or when I was selling their house. And I said, it just made me think of you, and I just wanted to check in and see how things were going with you. And then I try to, I mean, I'm pretty, I have a pretty good memory, so I try to remember their children's names at least one or two of them and ask about them just to keep up and just to you know stay in touch and uh it it works tim i mean just a phone call i mean three minutes five minutes it just works so do you ask how do you ask for business what do you specifically do or do you specifically ask for business when you're staying in contact with your folks Oh, I do specifically ask. Now, one thing that a lot of people don't do that I do, um, I've learned from coaching with with different people, and, of course, Julie has, re, you know, drilled it into my brain. During the transaction, you have to ask for referrals because then it's so fresh in their mind. They're talking about their home purchase or home sale to everybody, so that comes up, and they may have referrals for me then. I get a lot of referrals during that process. And... um so I will just ask after, you know, at the end of the call, I'll just say, hey, you know, anybody that you know, do you know somebody right now that's uh, wanting to sell a house or needs my help in any way? Please have them call me or better yet, you you call me and give me their number and I'll call them and see how I can help them. And, uh, you know, we just ended up by talking about that. And uh, I'll sometimes I'll, I mean, I'll sometimes say, hey, you know what? I'm trying to improve my businesses, to increase my businesses this year, so I need your help. I mean, I have that kind of relationship with my clients because if you're really a great agent, and and I don't guess everybody can do this, but if you have the personality that goes with people, I become their best friend during that well, transaction. Not everybody, not everybody does. I mean, not a lot mm-hmm. of people don't. They're more analytical-minded right. or they're more, you know, regimented, exactly. and they don't necessarily have that. You've learned it. You've taken it for granted. You've become uh, so – you're like a master at the relationship building, and you do and say things without knowing, and I'm sure. 
mm-hmm. and it's come from your you know your your training previous to real, prior to real estate and not, but for those agents out there who are brand new you can be scripted and call folks that's the way to sort of you know build that same skill set that JJ has so naturally at this point have scripts that you're calling that you're using when you're calling these folks uh have a list of reasons why you're going to stay in contact with people it might be um, you know, depending on your state, maybe there's a, a, a time of year where you can appeal property taxes, and maybe they need their closing statement, or maybe they want. Right. And, for, and I mean, JJ has a list of service providers. You know, it's spring, and then maybe you need your driveway resealed. Well, I just ran to this great driveway guy, or whatever. I mean, there's endless excuses to call folks, and as long as you're always, and this is what I'm hearing JJ say, and I want to make sure everyone's listening. She's calling, offering something. She's calling, giving something. Every time she comes in contact with them, her hand is offering something. She's not asking for something. And naturally what happens is when you give something and continually give to folks, they're going to it, – it's almost like this unwritten law, that it, this, this scale that has to be balanced. They're going to reciprocate. That's <laughs> you know? right. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens. Not some, not, some people, I imagine, maybe they never reciprocate, or maybe it takes years for them to reciprocate. But that is how – it is always JJ, no matter who I interview, no matter who we've ever coached, anyone who's been a top producer for a long period of time, that is always the core of their business, that mindset of service. You can't get away from it. And if you don't have that mindset of service, you can learn it. It's not like something you're born with. You can learn it. It just starts with basically – uh, being in contact with what your true purpose is, which is being of service to other folks. So, you know, JJ, this is it's, it's, it's the time of the interview where I like to ask some of the sort of questions that require a little bit of introspection. I hope that's okay. 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 <laughs> so, what what is the that's right? So, what is the as a top producing agent, someone who's been successful consistently, um, what? What are the things that people most misunderstand about being a top producing agent? Maybe agents and our, you know, folks in our industry, buyers and sellers. What are the things that people sort of most misunderstand about being someone like you? Well, I think before people actually meet you, they have they have a misconception that uh, number one, you're too busy for them. You know, they think, oh, she sells you know, high-dollar homes or sales in another area and just too busy. But they also, I think they also think because of what has been said a lot about uh, realtors that maybe they, um, they're they just thinking about the money or they're just, you know, thinking about themselves or thinking about driving a big car or something. And, and, and then after they meet you, you know, their whole impression changes because they see that you're truly a person just like they are who happens to specialize in a need, I mean, in a product that they need. And so it it really works out. But I I do think there's definitely misunderstanding um, about realtors until they get to know you. I do. How how about misunderstandings that other agents have towards somebody who's been as successful as long as you have? Oh, they they probably think uh, now I'm I'm so different because um, I love everybody and I love to share information and I love to help people uh, agents other agents I'll share any knowledge I have with another agent but some agents will think that you might think you're a little um, above them and that you're um, 
that you're not really easy to work with or good to work with because really you don't have time to go gossip at the water fountain or whatever. You're really working. So, uh, But once you get into a relationship with them, working a, a transaction together, you know, I always make it a good transaction so that that person is going to be anxious to work another transaction with me. So it always ends up good. But, yeah, I think they can just think that maybe you make a lot of money and you're just not, you know, you're going to be difficult. You're going to be, you're going to think you're better than they are or something. But I think after, as especially for me, after they meet me, they see that I'm just like they are. I just maybe work a little harder. So that mindset of being of service carries beyond just your real estate clients. You're also trying to be of service to your fellow real estate practitioners is what I'm hearing you say. Oh, absolutely. If I mean, I want to make our industry better. So anything I can share, and I, I do, I've set myself in this uh, market as a short sale specialist. So I have agents call me all the time and say, well, J.J., I mean, a lot of agents refer short sales to me, which is great, but then some will call and ask my help, ask for my help. And I'm very willing to help. And, of course, the first thing I tell them is that they need to become a student at the Harris Real Estate University because, you know, I don't have time for a day, everyday training. But um, but I always try to help them out of their problems and, and uh help them move that transaction forward right so uh, as far as like uh in in your future looking forward you've mm-hmm. built this wonderful business for yourself you've built this wonderful lifestyle for yourself where do you see yourself in five to ten years honestly <laughs> I, i'm so boring tim but honestly <laughs> i'm still going to be practicing real estate if i'm able um I, my team may be a little restructured i may have um one or two more assistants or something i mean because you know i'm not getting any younger so i may need some help but i'm still going to be out there trying to help people trying to make a good living and and doing what i love because if you can't if you cannot do what you love by the way let me just throw this in here this is my whole thing if you can't if you if you're doing something and you don't love it, then you need to make a, a change. You need to make a, either a mindset change that you're going to love what you do, or you need to have the courage to change and find something that you love. Because do you love buying short. and selling. Ho- do you love buying and selling homes, or do you love another aspect of the real estate business? I love the satisfaction that my clients get and that I get when we have a successful transaction. It That's is really, really critical. That's yeah. critical, though. It, it, we uh-huh. need to really make sure people are understanding that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to love. I mean, let's be honest. The mechanics of buying and selling real estate, boring. But the feeling that you're making a contribution to someone, someone's future, the feeling of making a, that you're helping somebody, and you know, the case of a distressed sale, you're helping someone avoid a foreclosure, helping mm-hmm. someone buy their first house, whatever it is, Guys, you don't have to love buying and selling real estate, but the people ask, the people helping aspect of the real estate business, yeah. you will, once you connect with that feeling inside, knowing that that's your higher purpose, you will find yourself absolutely passionately in love with the real estate business because it does put you in a position to help people. At, you know, There's only a few other professions where you can have this much uh, positive influence on somebody's life. Love that. 
even mm-hmm. if you don't love <laughs> buying and selling real estate. There's, I mean, this is a can be a very thankless industry, you know, thankless job sometimes if you're not connecting with the fact that this is about helping people. Um, so I have a, a question for you. This is kind of interesting. If someone were to ask you, a brand-new realtor, maybe someone who just got out of college, someone who's thinking about becoming a realtor, is real estate a good business to pursue? After your decades of experience, what would you tell them and why? I would tell them absolutely. And it goes back to what I said. It, it is it is something you can truly love. There will be an aspect of it that you can truly love, whatever your personality is. It may be the numbers. It may be the, you know, that. I love the problem-solving of it and also, you know, the satisfaction that that I get and my clients get. Um, but I, I think that anybody who can get into, you know, i got to go back to this, Tim. When I when I first became a stewardess, okay, because when I, it was a stewardess back then, people from my very first flight tried to recruit me to sell real estate for them. <laughs> yes. Now, looking back, I didn't make the right, I didn't have the courage to change, okay, but I knew at some point that I was going to become a realtor. So, um, and and I I feel that I was born to be a realtor. I was born to help people and be in this in this industry. So, but I'm also willing to do whatever it takes to succeed. Okay, and if you can just be willing, you may not have to do it, but just be willing to do whatever it takes. If it if it takes 14 hours a day at first. I mean, just be willing to do it, and you will love real estate because the sky's the limit. There is no limit on how many people you can help, on how much money you can make. So the sky's the limit, and I would recommend anybody that has any of the characteristics and the traits that would would get you. I mean, I guess there are some people who just are just don't have the courage to work with the public. But I, I would say try to get over that, have some therapy. <laughs> and uh, But, yeah, absolutely. Real estate is wonderful. I just wish I had taken, up, taken the offer from the people a long time ago because, wow, just think how many people I could have helped over, you know. <laughs> That's right. Well, you still can't think how many people you can help and you will help. Yes. JJ, what has coaching meant to you in your business? You've been, you've again, I know you've had a, a background in coaching that goes beyond just Harris Real State University. What has coaching meant to you in your business? Why is it something that, I mean, you've said it several times in this call, and all of our other graduate students say the same thing, that it's, it's, it's an intangible. It's something that's hard to put your finger on. But for you specifically, what has it meant to, to your business and to you personally? Well, coaching helped me. I mean, it means everything to me, and I will never, ever not have a coach and I will and and that will be Julie. I mean, I have found my coach, okay? And um I wish I had found her a few years before, but I didn't, so I'm going to make the best of it now. But I have had several coaching situations over the years, but um when I found Harris Real Estate University and started the classes and those coaches, I mean, that changed my life because there was a need and they were helping me fulfill that need. I mean, because short sales were kind of going to become the dominant thing in the market. 
and uh, it changed my life and my business because you know I have friends who who back when the market adjusted didn't sell a house for six months or a year and and I never went a month without selling several houses so uh, it really helped me and it has helped me absolutely focus on where I need where I need to be to get where I want to go. So, and they've helped me, uh, they've taught me, well, Julie especially now, Julie has, has taught me how to position myself as that short sale specialist in the area, the go-to person. And, and you know what? I know some people start coaching and then they quit. But, and some people might come to Harris Real Estate University for, you know, that first year and do the short sale training and then quit. I have stayed with it because things change in real estate every what every day, Tim, or every week. Yeah, well, every yeah, it's it, it's funny you're talking about short sales and and, and JJ, I, I I bet you you must have been on one of our original uh, short sale training calls where people enroll in the class. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it's it's interesting that you're saying what you're saying because it's so true. Real estate changes so fast, especially now, and it's not just the forms for short sales for Bank of America or, you know, maybe you're wanting to list REOs or maybe you're wanting to, you know, build your lead generation spoke using online marketing or whatever it is. I mean, the world is changing so dynamically right now. It's you, you are, you love change. Anybody who's successful loves change because within the change is great opportunity. And there's so many huge changes that are happening right now from technological perspectives. There's demographic shifts that are happening right now. There's, mindsets about real estate have you know gone from overly exuberant to overly negative and now it's coming back to be maybe even a little mm-hmm. over exuberant again yeah. but you know if, if the the challenge that all of us have as business owners because again guys that's what we are is that we have to be in the coal mine that's what we call it here at Harris Real Estate University that's when you're actually you know working in your business you have to go down the coal mine every single day you have to have your helmet your light your pickaxe your shovel whatnot, so you can pull up the amount of coal you need to to keep your lights on. You have to do that every single day, and we get into these patterns of constantly being in the coal mine, and we're not able to stick our heads above ground long enough to see what the next opportunity is. Um, Short sales are and will remain a great opportunity for the next few years, but what's eventually going to happen, and this isn't probably really going to happen in most of the country until like 2020, that's unfortunately the truth, where most people's negative equity or the home value increases will have caught up with the negative equity. At that point, people will be even with what they owe in the house. And until that happens in most parts of the country, you know, drilling down, focusing on short sales is going to be a very strong spoke. But at the same time, as a business owner, you have to have your mind open to what might be next. And maybe what's next in your marketplace isn't what was selling or working five, seven years ago. Maybe it's something completely different. You have to be thinking about you know, Generation Y and Baby Boomers Kids and all these types of things. What are they wanting to purchase? What, you know, what parts of your community, neighborhoods, they are trendy one day and they're not trendy the next. You have to constantly be thinking, as a business owner, where are my opportunities? And that is something that any great coach is going to help you to really focus in on and at the same time drill down on what your opportunities are every single day. So, and, and uh, you know, JJ, it is important that you said this, and I really appreciate it. Coaching is not for everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just not. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, if you have a closed mind, if you are not wanting to 
you know, improve your skills. If you're not wanting to move your business forward, don't sign up for coaching. Just don't. Mm-hmm. It's not for you. You, if you want to stay put, if you're happy selling your 10 houses per year or whatever, and that uh, you accomplished your goals for that, stay there. That's fine. It's not for everybody. It just isn't. Was there ever a time, JJ, where coaching may not have been a good fit for you? No, never. It's always <laughs> been. It has been the answer when I've when I've hit a plateau or a roadblock or something that I couldn't think through, which is rare because I'm pretty good at solving problems. The coaching aspect of it has always helped me over that hump. And, of course, the one-on-one with Julie, I just can't even, I can't say enough about it because the one-on-one coaching just, I don't I don't hit those plateaus or roadblocks because we've already talked about it and we know where I'm going. But You were doing short sales in, in central Tennessee, middle Tennessee, before I'm sure most agents even knew what the heck the word short sale meant. Exactly. You're exactly right. I mean, I was training the other agents, and I still do sometimes. But, I mean, you know, somebody brings you an offer, and they don't know what to expect. And, I, you know, so it, it's, it was. You're exactly right. But at the same time, even though I'm a graduate student at Harris Real Estate University, and I, I coach one-on-one with Julie, I am on those calls on Thursday there's three calls that I'm on every Thursday. If I mean, it's rare that I miss one because I'm excited to learn what's new and what you know and how. There's a question and answer call, and if I if I have a question that something you know something different pops up all the time, so I can get on there and ask that question and and have that answered. I mean, it's it's phenomenal of what coaching offers and and gives you. And if you have a great coach, I mean, with Julie, it's uncanny, uh, the ability to know exactly what I need that day. I mean, she's amazing. So Well, that's, that's what probably 50,000 one-on-one coaching calls will do for you. It's probably the number that she's done. So. <laughs> so, J.J., why you? Why are you so successful at a time? We've talked about it throughout this call. I think people have really gotten a sense of who you are. But if you could encapsulate it, if you could make it into an energy drink called J.J. Love, you know, why you? What is it that, that has made you successful at a time when so many agents have struggled? So many people in our nation have struggled. You know, we're coming out of it, and the economy's mm-hmm. getting better, and housing's improving. And But what, what is it about J.J. Love that's made you so successful when others, you know, were struggling? Well, I've always been a glass-half-full person, and I know some of my friends in real estate a deal falls apart, and they dwell on that for four months, and they worry about that commission that they lost, and it's just negative, negative, negative. When you when you are dwelling on the negative, you're creating negative energy and preventing something positive from happening. When when and I'm not everything isn't perfect for me. I have things that happen, things that fall apart, and I do all I can do to resolve it. And if there's nothing I can do, I had a I had a short sale go into foreclosure. The bank would not listen. They would not do anything. And it breaks my heart when that happens. But you know what? I had to just shake it off and move forward to the next transaction. I mean, after helping the client and find a place to live and all that. But, I mean, you just can't dwell on the negative, and I have not done that. And I'm I'm very determined. I'm very competitive with myself. I'm not – I. I other people can sell more than I do. That's fine. But 
but I've got I'm competitive with myself. I have to improve every year <laughs> because um, you know I I just can't stand not changing, improving, and increasing. So um, you know I I was willing to do whatever it took. I I was a flight attendant, an ex flight attendant without a college degree. Um, I made a commitment that I was going to succeed in real estate, and I never looked back. Um, and the coaching has made all the difference. So, well, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, those. I really appreciate your positive comments about you know Julie and coaching, and that's all wonderful. But JJ, you got to give yourself some credit. I mean, you've got an unbelievably powerful mindset. You're you are just a naturally. And I, I would assume that you had a lot of this going for you, you know, right out of the hatch, as it were. But also, you've developed into to be somebody who's truly inspirational, and I'm sure that attracts people to you. I'm sure that people love being around you just because you have this. You just even over the phone, I'm sure all the thousands of people that will eventually listen to this interview, they can feel the the fact that you're sincere. They can feel that you're coming from a place of of making a contribution. They can feel that you sincerely. Uh, that you're sincerely wanting to help people. And, and, and everyone listening who doesn't necessarily have those characteristics, you can develop them. Uh, JJ said something, and she and I talked about this prior to the interview, and it's, oh, my gosh, so true. The mindset, uh, the, it starts with little basic things. Do you complain about anything? And that's, that's a rhetorical question for all of you listening. But if you find yourself complaining about anything, it doesn't matter what it is, it could be something simple as the cost of coffee at Starbucks or, you know, somebody that cuts you off. As soon as you complain about one thing, this is just a little test for everyone listening, what happens is that it starts to build on itself. So someone cuts you off on the way to work, you're thinking about that guy that cut you off or that gal that cut you off for not just 10 minutes because you're letting your mind run with it. You're now thinking about it constantly, sometimes for days. Now compare that to, say, for example, if you saw a gorgeous sunset last night, just the most beautiful sunset you've ever seen, how often do you really think about that sunset? You're not thinking about that the next day. The sun sets, goes down, you know, you're on to your next thing. Chances are you don't even think about it an hour or two later. But if that one guy cuts you off on your way to work, you could be thinking about that. Now, who knows why the mind works that way? It just does, you know, and everyone has that. It all starts with that first thought. It all starts – so. If everyone's wanting to develop a mindset like JJ, and who wouldn't, start with the basic stuff. You complain. You complain about anything. Stop complaining. Stop associating with you know people that complain. Stop, stop watching TV shows, news shows, reading stuff that is essentially centered around complaining. That would be anything political, by the way, because that's just not Absolutely. about complaining. Yeah. Right. I mean, do you? How do you filter the information that comes at you? How do you consciously do it, or have you just basically gotten the habit of doing it? Are you asking me now? Not just. I am. Okay. Um, well, you know, I I listen to everything, and I decide if it's worthwhile or not. And I, if it's not, I just move on. I I, I am pretty focused on what I want to do, and I think. I think one thing, Tim, that I'd like to add about um, the mindset, you know how somebody always wants to blame somebody, Um, like something, the transaction didn't work. Well, it's the mortgage company's fault. It's this fault or we're having a problem. It's somebody's fault. Get that out of your head because it does not matter whose fault it is. It matters how are we going to solve the problem. 
So I think if people can really work on developing a problem-solving attitude and mentality, that will really help because then they will not be focusing on the negative. They'll be focusing on the positive, on how can I, how can I solve this? And uh, it was really funny. I, I didn't realize I had a problem-solving mentality, but I was my first real estate company I was at, I was always listening when people were having a problem, and I'd want to go over and, and tell them how to solve it. And, uh, and so I really worked on developing that. And it's really been essential. That's yeah. That's again. It goes back to the fact that you're coming from a place of wanting to make a sincere, positive contribution to other people's lives. So, so JJ, listen. I really appreciate our time together. I know we went above and beyond the uh, the allotted amount of time, but you had so much wonderful information to pass along to all of the listeners. And um, so, if someone wants to send you a, a referral, as we said at the top of the call, please let them know how they can do that. They can either call me at 615-300-7788. I always do my best to answer that. Sometimes if I get a message, I'll call back in a really timely manner. Or you can email me at jj at jjlove.com. And I will take care of whoever you send my way. And I can pretty much be guaranteed, or everyone listening, if they send a referral or call or email JJ, you can pretty much be guaranteed to either answer the call or call you back right away. That's I have a exactly feeling that you will not have to worry about that. So, so JJ, listen, I, it, number one, thank you for your time today and, and, and being such a wonderful inspiration to our industry at a time when, frankly, the industry needs inspired. Thank you for being a Harris Real Estate University superstar. Thank you for being a Harris Real Estate University student. Uh, we appreciate you and we appreciate the contribution you're making to our industry. Thank you, Tim. This has been fun, and and I hope I have given people out there some little tidbits that will help them in their career. I have a feeling you have in more ways than you can possibly imagine. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.